Well, this morning, we look at but one verse. One verse. And it's in your bulletin. Uh, it's also in your pew Bible. And it's also in your Bible. And I do encourage you to bring your, your copy of God's Word to, to worship. Um, you know, some, if you stick with one copy of it, I don't know about you, but sometimes I can't remember the chapter and verse, but I can tell you it's on the right-hand side, at the very bottom of the second column. Right. So, so that, that kind of familiarity with the Word is a, is a good thing. Well, this morning we look at just one verse. It's the fifth commandment, and it's from Deuteronomy chapter 5. You'll also find it in Exodus chapter 20. But Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16 says, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long, and it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The grass withers and the flowers fade, especially in the heat of the coming summer. The azaleas have stopped blooming. But you know, the thing that will always bear fruit is the Word of God. Let's pray. So Father, we thank you for your most precious, holy, inerrant, authoritative Word. We ask, Lord, as we look at this great commandment to honor our father and mother, that you would help us to know what that looks like in each and every different circumstance. By your Holy Spirit, we ask for your anointing and your unction upon the hearer and preacher alike. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, you know, when you list uh, things first in a list, it's usually the most important, right? If, you're, if your boss came to you and said, if you could change, uh, you know, 10 things around the office, what would they be? I would imagine that you have one thing that you would really like to see changed. And, and so I imagine you would list that as number one. Or if you go online and look at the NRA rules of gun safety, do you know what the number one is? It's always keep your gun pointed in a safe direction, right? Because if the safety doesn't work, or all the other rules generally will be solved by that one rule. Well, when God gave his Ten Commandments, there was a reason why he put number one as number one, that we should have no other gods before him or besides him. For really, this first commandment sums up the rest. In fact, any time we break any of the other nine commandments, we break this one as well. We could also say we break the tenth commandment, the last one, thou shalt not covet, because we want something that God says we can't have. But there's actually another first uh, in the Ten Commandments, and it, it may not be apparent right at first, but, but it's actually the fifth commandment that you should honor your father and mother. Now, now how does number five become uh, the first in a list? Well, it's because there are actually two parts of the law of God. It is one whole, the one whole law of God. But there, we can divide it into two tables or two sections. And the first deals with the first one through four, deal with how we are to love and obey God, our responsibility and duty to God. The second six verses, I mean, excuse me, um, commandments five through ten deal with our responsibility and duty to neighbor, how we are to love and serve each other. And at the top of that list is the fifth commandment that we should honor our father and mother. Really, the rest of them flow from that, not just because of the familial setting, but, but really the fifth commandment has to do not just with how we deal with our parents, but also with all authority. So the Bible is actually, it's, it's pretty emphatic about the importance of honoring our parents. 
honoring our parents. In fact, over in Deuteronomy 21, do you know what you did with rebellious children who continued to rebel again and again and again and again and again? They were meant to be stoned because they didn't honor their parents. Uh, we have hidden all the rocks this morning. Uh, <laughs> over in Leviticus chapter 20, someone who curses his father and mother, I'm not talking about using a curse word in a, in a heated moment. I'm talking about someone who openly uh, speaks ill of their father and mother before the elders and authorities in a very rebellious kind of way. You know what? They, they were meant to be put to death. So apparently the Bible thinks pretty highly of this command to honor our father and mother. So did and does Jesus. In fact, over in Luke chapter 2, which we see the only account of Jesus uh, after the um, return from Egypt and before his public ministry, when Jesus was 12, remember he was in the temple and his parents accidentally left him. Now, it wasn't like they were just three people visiting. They, they would have had a whole bunch of extended family there with them. And so they, they thought, you know, every, everybody was along. And, but after they came and found him, we read in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 51, And he went, Jesus went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. Here is the God-man Jesus, who is 100% God, 100% man, and he is submissive to parents who were sinful and faulty and flawed. He was submissive even to his earthly mother and his adopted earthly father. So if God thinks it's so important to honor our father and mother, what does that mean? What does it actually practically look like to obey the fifth commandment? This morning we're going to be looking at a lot of practical issues as we navigate this thing. Well, first of all, we have to think about what this means to honor. Now, a lot of times we look at the fifth commandment or we remember the fifth commandment wrongly. A lot of times we just think it says, obey your father and mother. Now, that is contained elsewhere in Scripture, and that is contained within the idea of honor. But honoring is actually a much bigger and broader category than just obedience. What does honor mean? Well, the root word here in the Hebrew means to treat something as if it were important or weighty. Like, you know, if we say, hey, I really need to talk to you about some, some weighty matters. What, what do I mean by that? It means, okay, we need to focus in on this. This is an important conversation, and it's going to have significance. So when we speak of, of honoring our father and our mother, then we are speaking that we are considering and treating them as important, noteworthy, deserving of our attention. In fact, it's the same word that is used to speak of the glory of God. It's the same word. To treat Him as worthy and, and, and weighty. It means to respect Him, to honor Him, to praise Him, to give Him the attention and the honor that He deserves because of who He is. And so we are to honor our father and mother. We should note at the very outset that this is not just dependent on how well they are doing as our father and mother. It is instead we honor them because of the position that God has put them in over us. There's a weightiness to their position, just like you may or may not like the current or past president, whichever side of the aisle you land on, or you might not like a governor, this, that, or the other. But you honor them because of their position. So as we think about honoring our father and mother, it is going to look different at different seasons of life, isn't it? 
For those of you who have walked through different seasons of life, perhaps more than others, you have seen those seasons change and what it looks like in your relationship with your parents and what it looks like to honor them, right? You know, when we are children, it really does mean to obey. Uh, But when you get older, things get a little more complicated, don't they? As we leave and cleave, as we leave and establish our own households, then the relationship does change and the relationship of mothers and fathers, the authority changes over their children as well. And so we need God's wisdom as to know how to obey this commandment to honor our father and mother. Uh, One of my mentors, Patrick Curls, a pastor in Montgomery, he's filled this pulpit before. He once taught a great lesson and I've always remembered it. He, He says there are four stages in life of learning to honor our father and our mother. The first, first stage is that when we are children, we honor our parents, right? And we honor them as obedience. But then, but then when we have children, we teach them to honor us. And then when our parents get older, we honor our parents by caring for them. And when we get older, our, our children care for us. So there are four seasons of what it looks like to honor your father and mother or to be honored as father and mother in our life. But here's the thing. The very fundamental, the very foundation of this commandment is that of attitude. Attitude. We can, a lot of times it takes wisdom and it takes a lot of discussion to figure out sometimes what it means when when we are grown to honor our father and mother as we deal with complicated issues, especially when our parents get to the point where they need significant care, right? Those are hard things, but, but fundamentally, it is an issue of attitude. Attitude. What is our attitude towards our parents? You know, you've all seen the teenage child who obeys his mother, and then, you know, when she tells him to go and do something, and on the outside, there is obedience. But man, those feet sure are moving slowly. And those eyes, they sure are rolling, right? On the outside, it's obedience. But on the inside, well, neither God nor mother is honored in that moment, are they? See, a heart issue, it's ultimately a heart issue. Um, A heart that does not respect or honor a parent will overflow into all kinds of sinful behavior and disobedience and speech and interactions. It is a heart issue. And ultimately, as it is with with a heart issue, it takes the Holy Spirit working inside of us, applying to those things the benefits of our redemption, of of growth and grace, as we repent of how we have failed as as children or the areas. um, I mean, I have young children, and so I'm constantly aware of my own failures as as a father. What does it look like to obey our parents, or excuse me, to honor our parents? Well, fundamentally, it is an issue of attitude and love. But but what's the role of obedience in honoring parents? What's the role of obedience? Well, you know, when we are children, it really means when we honor our father and mother when we are children, it means to obey them, right? That's that's really what it comes down to, uh, that we would be diligent and speedy in doing what they ask, fulfilling our chores and expectations, you know, if, if someone is under the household, under the roof of their parents, eating their food and benefiting the provision, guess what? This one means obedience. 
and, and, and attitude and heart issue as well. Ephesians 6.1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. That's pretty clear. You know, it's, it's vogue. It's popular for uh, teenagers. We, we all did it, you know, to see how far you can test those boundaries, right? And then you sit with your, your fellow friends and talk about what you got away with. I, I never did that. My mother is here this morning. Uh, so never once did that, right? Uh, and so, but it really does mean to obey, Obey. Colossians 3.20, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And this is where attitude is so important. You know, if, if children and teenagers look at their parents as good for nothing, someone who is standing in their way of enjoyment, if they see their parents as being out of touch with the real world or don't respect them, then, then guess what? Obedience, not just in this area, but in life in general, is going to be a real issue. If there's bad attitudes at home, there'll be bad obedience outside the home. So, so what are some other practical ways that we can honor our fathers and mothers? Well, clearly, one of the big areas of Scripture is how we speak of them, right? You know, speech is such, it just comes up in Scripture all the time. And it's because our speech is just an issue, isn't it? We like talking bad about people. We like using salty language. Well, there's never an excuse to be ugly to our parents, no matter what age they are, no matter what age what you are. There's no excuse to be sinfully angry. Did, I, did you hear me say sinfully angry? No matter our age. There's no excuse to use sinfully harsh language. We might have to have hard conversations when we grow up, and, and boundaries need to be set. Like those, There are sometimes hard discussions that need to be made, but we can do those things without being ugly about it, that we speak to them kindly. But, you know, more, but, but I think there's something subtler here, and that's not just speaking to our parents. Because it, it, as we grow older, sometimes those interactions are fewer because we have our own families and that sort of thing. But how about how we speak about our parents? About our parents. You know, one of the most important ways that we can respect our father and mother is always to speak highly of them. I am reminded of Peggy Ryan. Do you remember Peggy? She went to be with the Lord last year. In all my times of getting with Miss Peggy, I never heard her say one thing negative about anybody. Even if that's where the natural progression of the conversation was going, even if it was something that was obviously bad, she just changed the subject. Or she'd say something nice about them. And we'd all be kind of sitting there thinking, what just happened? My heart was going in a different direction. May that be true of us as we speak of our parents? Not just those who are living, but also those who have gone to be with the Lord. For here's the thing. Our children, we are modeling how we want them to speak of us when we get older. Right? If, if we speak ill of our parents in front of our children, you can take it to the bank. Your children will speak ill of you in front of their children. And I tell you, grandmamas and granddaddies, they don't like that. They don't like that. Um, what about as our parents age? How are we to honor them? Um, I want to honor my parents as, as they're here. I remember... Uh, my great-grandmother, 
she was 95, 96, she called in the middle of the night, it's like 11.30 one night, and she wanted to get into a closet to find something. Now she was growing more and more childish in her understanding, and she could not get into this closet. And so guess who went to my great-grandmother's house? My dad and I. And I don't remember my dad saying anything negative. I was saying plenty of things negative. <laughs> my father spoke highly, highly of my great-grandmother, even in the midst of this. What is our parents' age? Well, how do we honor them? Well, you know, indeed, some of the roles flip-flop, don't they? You know, our parents took care of us when we were helpless, and later in life, we are to take care of them. This fundamentally in the Old Testament, this is what it meant to honor your father and mother. But because there was no retirement system, you worked until you couldn't because you were too old or too sick or too frail. And at that moment, you could not take care of yourself, and so it was up to the children to take care of their parents physically. If they weren't taken care of, they died. And so that fundamentally is what it means to honor our father and mother, to care for them as they get older. This is where attitudes come in when it can get very difficult. So uh, this is my grandmother Johnson's Bible up here. And I love it. I just, uh, it's taped together. And I didn't tape it together. My grandmother Johnson did. And you know, she, whenever you went in to see her in the nursing home, she was either painting, reading her Bible, or asleep. And sometimes asleep, having been in the middle of the other two activities. Uh, I, I just have this great memory of my grandmother in her wheelchair with this Bible open. It still kind of smells like her. Uh, and, uh, and she would just be sitting there just asleep, having fallen asleep, reading the Word of God. But y'all, those were hard years taking care of my, my grandmother. Um, and I saw my parents, mom and dad, take care of her so well. One, one poll pointed out several years ago, barely half of Americans think that children have a responsibility to care for elderly parents. Many children abandon their parents or worse, try to help them to die. Fundamentally, it means taking care of our parents. See, the Bible says the exact opposite of, of what this poll says. Proverbs 23:22 says, Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. And caring for our parents can, be, can call for sacrifice, can it? it? It really can. It's hard as they get older and infirm. And especially when they're in their 90s. Um, I saw my mom and dad take care of, of so many of our, uh, of our family members as they got older. And sometimes, like with my grandmother, she had a stroke. And so her, her thinking process was often pretty childish. And that's where attitudes come in, right? It's hard, and we need Jesus in those moments. So this is, this is one of the commands of God, and an important one, the first and the second list of the Ten Commandments. But you know, we're never called to obey God's law without His grace. And don't you know when it's hard, you need God's grace and help? In the middle of the night when you're heading back over there, when you know, your elderly mother or father has again said something that's really difficult to deal with, when there's hurt from past situations... It takes God's grace. And we're reminded in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, that His grace, it really is sufficient for all of our needs, every single one of them. Every one of them. You know, it's, it's important that we note that Jesus, He honored His parents when He was a child. He returned and He was submissive to them, we read. But also, we read that at his death. Do you remember what he did? 
He was on the cross dying for our sins, and he fulfilled the fifth commandment. As he looked down at his beloved disciple John and said, take care of her. Joseph must have been dead because it would have been his responsibility if he were alive. But, but Jesus was the firstborn. So it was now his role and his duty. And he cared for her even in his death. But what if today is a hard day and your mom has passed away? How will you honor them? You can honor them by remembering them well, speaking highly of them. And you know, if there are hurts, it means forgiving them. The wounds may be real. They may continue. But Jesus' blood, it flows freely. We forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. I think one of the things that I've failed at, and I admit this in front of my mother, is, uh, is prioritizing that relationship that we have with our parents. I remember in college, my mother would call me and then text me, and days would go by before I responded to those things. Not because we were mad, but just because I'm just a sinful son. And, um, and that was a failure, right? We, we are to prioritize those relationships with our moms and our dads. If they're still living, that is a, those are the people who took care of us, and we are to prioritize those things. Um, so why is it important to honor our fathers and mothers? Well, lots of reasons we could say. I would say the first thing is it's a diagnostic tool. You know, when you go to the doctor with a stuffy nose, apparently there's a cold going around right now. And uh, when you go to the doctor with a stuffy nose and you're sneezing a lot and you can't breathe and your ears are hurting, those are all the symptoms. But he's going to use diagnostic tools to figure out what's actually going on. He might even run a blood panel to see if your white counts up. Well, how we treat our parents really is a diagnostic tool for how we're doing spiritually. Because it is an issue of authority. It really is an issue of authority. See, you can look at a child and see how they treat their parents, and you can get a pretty good feel of how he or she is doing spiritually. Because the thing is that this is a, a broader authority. The fifth commandment deals not just with us and our parents. It deals with us how we deal with the rest of of authority in all of life. And so actually there's a charge here to, to me as a father or to you as parents that we discipline and treat our children well for a child's view of God is deeply impacted by their view of their parents. And if our children don't learn to respect us, learn that there are consequences for disobedience, and learn only to spurn our authority, they will likely never have a good view of their teachers, their boss, their court systems, or the government. But there's something else at play here. There is there's blessing in obedience. Our salvation is not, not based on our obedience. It never has and it never will be. But there, there are blessings for obedience. Notice that this, uh, this commandment has a, a pretty big promise attached to it. That it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Here they are. Deuteronomy is a book written uh, as a record of three speeches that Moses gave in the plains of Moab to prepare the people to head into the promised land. And what does he tell them? He says, obey your mama and your daddy and it will go well into this place that you're about to go. Life is better 
when we obey and honor, when we obey godly parents and honor them whether they're godly or not. What about the gospel? Y'all, we've all failed as parents and as children. Every one of us. The law of God is meant to show us our need for a Savior. And this one shows me as a, as a son and as a father of my need for forgiveness and salvation and the grace of God to do better, to obey and to honor well, to model for my children a father who is worthy to be honored, but also to honor my mother and my father. So let me remind you about the grace of Jesus Christ. That Jesus loves you. And he has fulfilled for us in his life, death, burial, and resurrection the law of God in all the ways that we have failed. That we can call upon his name. We can call upon his name and receive forgiveness. And receive the grace and help that we need to live the lives that he desires for us. Well, I'd like to end to say that I know that Mother's Day can be a hard day for many. But you know there's healing in Jesus. There's healing in Jesus. We look forward to the day when he wipes away every tear. Perhaps when we see loved ones who have gone before us. Deep wounds are healed. But y'all, this side of the Jordan, there's still healing. Jesus is here with us. And may the balm of our Savior, may it flow richly among us. Let's say, let's pray. So Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for our Savior. We thank you, O God, that you are our Father. Lord, I pray that the gospel will be quick upon our lips, that we would be constantly pointing others to you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we will conclude our service uh, with 535, a Christian home. You may not be familiar with the words, but you will know the tune. So if you'll please stand as we sing together 535.